Hello, welcome to Cast. My name is David, and I'm here with my co-host... Addy. Nailed it. And, uh, yeah, we're here for episode three, and uh, today we're going to be discussing DEFCON. Um, in particular, DEFCON Vegas, as Andy has just returned not too long ago from having a considerably better week than what I'll have had. And uh, what we want to do is just discuss that a little bit, get an idea of exactly what DEFCON is, uh, why it's important, and um, uh, discuss that in a bit of detail. Uh, how about the jet lag, Andy? You feeling better? Yeah, uh, I actually have to say that I nailed the jet lag coming back. On on the way nice. there, I was totally fucked for the whole week. Like, I, <laughs> I landed on Monday and I was jet lagged till Friday and then I was flying back the next Monday. So I'd only just got into the time zone before I was flying back to UK time zone. So Yeah, that sucks. I, I mean, how, how long is the journey over to Vegas? Door to door, it's about fourteen hours, but the actual flights themselves is like it, it's like if you if you total the flights, it's about eleven hours in total. It's uh, ten hours there and an hour to London. So oh right, so flying out from London. Yeah. Ah, nice. It always tends to be a bit cheaper when you're up here in Glasgow. Uh, okay. Yeah, nice one, nice one. And did you have a good flight over? Uh, that's uh, quite a bit of time uh, to try and keep yourself occupied. Oh, d- definitely. I was fly- flying in style because everyone's classy. I flew first out and uh, business mm. back because I'm so fancy. And because mm-hmm. I'm such a snob, I can say that first is so much better than business. Like, if you're tall... <laughs> no, like, if you're tall, business is just shite. I mean, it's not shite, but it's it's not as bad as uh, economy, but it's still pretty bad because the, the seat is rated for someone who's up to, like, six foot one, six foot two, and I'm six foot four, so it's just a little bit too short. Yeah, there's uh, shorter people never really understand the pain of being on a plane for any more, or bus, or anything requiring seating for more than uh, a couple of hours, for sure. And uh, so, yeah, let's just get straight into talking a bit about the actual DEF CON itself. Um, So, um, for those who might... uh, listening to the podcast that might not know um as uh, we've got some feedback from people uh, who aren't involved in the uh, internet security scene uh, that are also listening to the podcast um can you describe Welcome. a bit thank about... you for listening yeah and then first off yeah for sure like we're, uh, we've got some really nice feedback in regards to the podcast being quite accessible to people that haven't maybe got the kind of prerequisite knowledge to be able to discuss internet security. Um, so that's something we certainly want to keep up. So tell me a little bit about um, uh, what exactly is DEFCON, um, as far as you're aware, Andy? DEFCON is essentially, well, DEFCON Las Vegas is essentially the world's largest hacking conference. What that means is that one week a year, 30,000 plus uh, computer security and technical-minded, even non-technical-minded people uh, kind of descend into Las Vegas and attend one of one of the biggest conferences in the world. Well, certainly one of the biggest technical conferences in the world. You get conferences that are well over 100,000 people that aren't technical, but alas, I diver- de- 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 fucked it. Anyway... <laughs> That's uh, yeah, yeah, well, it's funny that uh, certainly when you see the news, I've noticed that a couple of years in the past, even before I started kind of learning uh, about internet security and hacking, uh, that the the news outlets over there certainly seem to freak out a little bit when there's so many people with such a, uh, I suppose they would say, dangerous skill set descending on Vegas. Yeah, I mean... I- Arguably, you could say that the AVN awards are just as dangerous. <laughs> anyone wants to Google that, I'm not going to explain it, but alas. Um, but yeah, the, the the US media big it up as being a really terrifying event. Oh, there's 30,000 hackers. Ah, hackers are bad. But in actual fact, it's 30,000 plus people who have a collective interest in 
how things work and how to take them apart and how to do bits and pieces with them. But uh, realistically, the kind of collection of people that are there it ranges from people who might be just learning the ropes, um, people who maybe aren't even in technology or just interested in the kind of culture. Because you've got, within DEFCON, you've got lots of uh, kind of subcultures as well. So there's things like QueerCon, which is for the LBTQ plus um, kind of community. So folk who are, um, well, LBT, that that one. Um, you've also got things like GothCon, which is in the name. Uh, it's a collective of people who share the interesting kind of gothic culture. Uh, that that falls at the same time as DEFCON and there are parties and things. There's, there's like everything kind of wildcard con as it as it were Any, anything con uh, seems to happen at defcon but that that's great though i mean there's, there's so many different subcultures that well as you say kind of converge on like hacking is something that they can all revolve around and certainly a lot of similarities in people uh, a lot of introverts i guess um certainly oh, are so involved you, in industry but they would get be... to descend and be social uh, this at the, the, these events like which is fantastic yeah, you'd be surprised actually, because initially when I went to DEFCON five or six years ago, I can't remember exactly, I thought it was going to be all introverted people talking about bits and pieces, doing sharing hacks, and yes, mm-hmm. part of it is that, but a lot of people are very extroverted. Those that would maybe typically be classed as the kind of geeks of mm-hmm. their time, they've got different kind of niches, um, and they all come together and share knowledge, and I mean, DEFCON has expanded over the last 27 years. This this was the 27th DEFCON this year. Um, but the, the kind of core fundamentals of DEFCON are there are talks, which are the kind of main main kind of focus. There are villages, mm-hmm. which are collective uh, interests in different areas. So this year we had a, the DEFCON had a car hacking village. It had a hack the sea, which was kind of maritime uh, ships and things. Okay, it cool. It had uh, aeronautical, so looking at planes. Um, it had drone hacking. It had voting machine hacking, it hardware hardware happens every year. It had a lot picking village, it had a tamper village, it had an anti tamper village, um, it had a biohacking village. I mean there there are lots of different villages. It had a cryptography and privacy village as well, so looking at um, kind of fundamental issues of privacy these days and all these other bits and pieces. So is a village um, just um just a, like where are the all the different people involved in that area of research will kind of just be in the same area so that they can kind of discuss it between themselves yeah. and between other people that might be interested coming by just to kind of showcase what's happening in that scene well, is that yeah. basically what the villages are you could probably you could kind of narrow it down to imagine them like little meetups of different interests mm. where the collective interest is the same so like for example the biohacking village they were looking at hacking the human body to make it do things so creating like chips and that sort of stuff have you got any examples from what you saw? Um, in the not this, not this year, but certainly last year when I went to the biohacking village, they were implanting uh, NFC and RFID chips into people's hands and, and different bodies. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit bulk, but it, like it's really interesting because um, one of the guys that I was there with uh, got a chip in his hand and got his door lock written to his hand. Okay. Sorry, not his door lock, his door key written to his hand, so he could unlock his front door using his hand kind of space age sort of stuff but really interesting and i'd imagine it's what's coming it just kind of feels that way kind of bit by bit maybe when it's not invasive um certainly scares me but i mean it's i think elon musk's obviously talking about that kind of blurring yeah, the with, line with, between consciousness and well not consciousness but like the kind uh, of neural link sort of stuff the neural link yeah the, the, the that kind of difference between 
using like a keyboard and mouse and being able to just think about it. And I, I did actually see a couple of different articles about some tech uh, that's kind of floating about about that at the moment, uh, where I think just wearing like a head mask, it, um, it's able to analyze the human brain and capture, I think it's up to a hundred words at the moment. It's able to understand, and then yeah, uh, it can interface with a computer. It's pretty cool. Um, so uh, yeah, what what was your uh, anything in particular that you saw at uh, DefCon these villages uh, that you thought was particularly interesting that people uh, at home might want to know a bit about? Well, I, I like to say yes, but unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on where you look at it, I work DefCon every year, so I mm-hmm. work as a goon, um, which is not the Scottish definition of goon, because goon being an idiot, uh, it's the kind of American definition, which is someone that helps out kind of with DefCon. So yeah. I, I work as part of the security operations team at DefCon, and we are in charge of crowd management and making sure that, like, well, people are they know where they're going and, and bits and pieces. So. Mm-hmm. I don't actually get to see that much of DEFCON because I, I work third shift, third shift, best shift, just saying. Um, <laughs> which, it, which is essentially you work from like 8 p.m. till 2 a.m., sometimes 4, depends on busy, but it is classified as the party shift. So you are not policing parties, but you're essentially making sure that people aren't drunk or dying. Well, not, 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 not making sure everyone's not safe and having a good time, I suppose. Would be e- exactly. Way yeah. yeah. Make sure everyone's having a good time, making sure everyone's having fun. And uh, yeah, you see some uh, questionable things on third shift. Um, some things that I can't actually talk about on mic because of confidentiality and everything of else. But, um, just, just think of rowdy times in Vegas and you'll pretty much, well, rowdy times plus 30,000 hackers plus, um, well, Vegas. You've seen well, the hangover, right? Yeah, I have, and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so I guess or, to or some degree that goal will have to continue, of course. Yeah, yeah. In, in 2019, ends up on Twitter or Facebook or the internet, Yep, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's pre- plenty of details online about funny stuff that will have happened at DEF CON <laughs> that uh, you're unable to speak about. Uh, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, so you mentioned you've kind of been going there for the, the last uh, kind of six years or so. Are, have yeah. you seen the scale of DEF CON increase, or has it always been quite the the spectacle um or is it kind of getting getting busier and more popular i've seen it increase to an extent i mean certainly i've not been there since defcon one or the early days but mm-hmm. i've seen it go up by like ten thousand people like that when i was there lot. six years ago um it was maybe 20 19 20 000 people now it's pushing thirty thousand. so ten thousand people is a lot of people but then you put it in the perspective of vegas and it's not that much i mean for those of you who haven't been to vegas or america for that matter everything is massive like Vegas, for example, has convention centers that are bigger than some small cities, which is, is for people who are in the UK, is, is quite mind-boggling. Yeah, it's hard for me to even understand. I've never been to America, um, and the, the scale of it is obviously something that uh, we're not very used to in kind of smaller cities, and I'm from Glasgow, obviously, so that's not exactly it, the smallest, but third biggest, I think. I think to put it in perspective for local knowledge, think of Byers Road. So Byers Road in the West End, quite a long shopping street. That's probably the length of one of the convention centres. That's obscene. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, but as you say, like I mean, there's just that so many people kind of come down with a kind of similar eye, uh, similar interest, which is fascinating. Like, and I'm sure a lot of things must have started at DefCon as well when you've got so so many people that are probably a, a lot of influential people uh, kind of talking to each other and meeting up that that kind of once a year. Uh, did yep. you speak to anybody interesting uh, while while you're at uh, DefCon? Anyone that you'd like to name drop or otherwise? Uh, not anyone interesting in particular, but I did in, I did learn some interesting concepts. So mm-hmm. part of the kind of 
benefit of working Def Con is you do get to meet a lot of people behind the scenes that you wouldn't normally get to meet. Mm-hmm. And I was chatting to a guy who specialises in car hacking. I can't remember his name, unfortunately, but he has been looking at hacking cars uh, using infrared light and also using um, the tyre pressure monitoring systems because they operate at a certain frequency. Uh, so leveraging that frequency to gain access to bits of the car is actually pretty pretty cool. It's something that I don't really know much about, so I'm not going to kind of be go out and say, oh, this is exactly how it works, but just the concepts he was explaining to me, using infrared light to trigger different things. Uh, so a bit like if this, then that, the um, application you can get for your phone where you, if, if it's 4 p.m., turn the lights on, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about using infrared light for if the frequency hits this amount, trigger an IED, for example, so an mm-hmm. um, explosion device. Um, emphasized explosion device dangerous sort of stuff but really interesting because concepts that you would never think of or never think of attack vectors are actually possible um, he was also talking about uh, kind of anti-drone technology using infrared uh, which I'd never thought about so sending a frequency to uh, not jam but kind of override the communication with a drone and take it out of the sky so that's that's quite cool as well. Yeah, I've been re- reading that there's uh, often what they'll try doing is like a return to sender message, like yeah. uh, or put, like kind of function within the drones to kind of do that. Um, I think it was uh, when there was the issues down in London. I th- I'm sure I read that that was kind of something they were doing, but obviously we'll never really know for certain. Um, yeah. Did I think you, maybe I think just pre-show you were talking to me a bit about kind of DSLR hacking as well, which sounds pretty cool. Uh, DSLR being the kind of uh, camera stuff. professional cameras yeah yeah um i i did i did see some of it i, I didn't really get unfortunately there was, there was the thing about defcon is there's so many talks because defcon happens over four days so mm. you think think about it there's an hour hour talk between well an hour, an hour i talk every hour for like nine hours a day times four and there's four plus tracks so it's and you're working over the top of that as well so it's a, a lot yeah. of opportunities that you might unfortunately have had to miss out on i guess the, the the big benefit though uh, certainly from people who aren't at DEFCON is a lot of the talks are recorded so you will be able to watch them back months down the line they do okay, take a bit of time good. to upload but they are uploaded to DEFCON's YouTube channel so they yeah, are, are they uploaded yet that you know of or is it more of an incremental that going to be dribs and drabs kind of coming through as far as I'm aware they're not up yet although I might be wrong I've not checked um, but they, they generally speaking they tend to be a couple of months it, it takes because it's such a big operation oh yeah that's well, a lot of video editing and sound yeah. editing and making sure everything looks good and professional so uh, that's interesting I didn't I didn't actually know that they were all up there so that's something I'm going to be having a look at myself um, in regards to that um, just uh, obviously we were talking a lot about Deathcon Vegas here because it's well the spectacle of the moment but um Defcon extends out beyond Vegas, doesn't it, Andy? Uh, if you want to say a bit about that, because I know you're directly involved in Glasgow Defcon. Yeah, so essentially, uh, out with of the, the main Defcon, uh, there are Defcon groups. So they are localised meetups. Uh, that certainly in uh, the UK, there are quite a lot now. Uh, Edinburgh was one of the first. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Edinburgh was one of the first ones. Then Glasgow came off the back of that, and then the rest of the UK sort of followed. Um, so they, they directly align with, or they're very similar to 2600 meetups, uh, which are an old school kind of hacker meetup, whereby you, you pick a kind of time and a location, you meet up and you go to the pub and you do talk about hackery stuff. Whereas uh, DEFCON is sort of outgrown to the point where it's meet up in a location, 
Um, sometimes have talks, sometimes don't have talks, share collective interest in hacking. Because the, the, the big kind of drop at DEF CON is it's not just technical people. There are people who just have a, a remote interest in how things work um, or are interested in possibly transitioning their careers into the kind of offensive or defensive, just the security side of things. Mm -hmm. So having a local DEF CON meetup is certainly a facilitator for that. It's not the be-all and end-all, uh, for sure, but it's definitely a, a good place to facilitate, um, yeah, well, which, which on, rolls on mm -hmm. sorry, which no, rolls on nicely onto... Um, so while I was in DEF CON, uh, Dave, you were... You were taking taking the reins for Defcon Glasgow, now. Yes, I was. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm. I think that was a, that was only my second time at Defcon. Um, it was a bit of a quieter meetup than the first time we were along. Uh, there was uh, the thing. The first time I came along, there was Carrie Hendricks, um, who did a great talk on uh, SQL injection, uh, which was really interesting actually for being a newcomer um, to the scene. Uh, was that the approach that Carrie had taken to discussing SQL injection to this entire room of people like myself who are literally just have an interest in internet security and network security. And then there's obviously people like yourself were there, Paul Ritchie, um, another experienced person in the industry. Um, so he's having to explain uh, both to, yeah, the, the beginner and the expert kind of concepts and he made it really interesting uh, he was the only person talking that day but I think everyone in the room basically said they took away something from that which was fantastic uh, this time around it was more I think there was maybe only eight of us or so uh, kind of sitting around the table uh, which we kind of took the opportunity to have a more intimate chat uh, about um, where we're at in our careers uh, basically I tried to lead the kind of round table uh, just discussing who I was, where I'm at, what projects I'm wanting to get involved in, and uh, what my kind of hopes for the future are. Uh, and basically everybody at the table described that. And it was really, really good. We got some good feedback. Uh, I think the reasons being is you can be in a room of people that you know that you have similar interests with, but unless you actually discuss about where you're at, what you're looking for, uh, you'll never know if there's somebody in that room that could actually help you at that moment in time. Um, so it, it certainly that appeared to be the case for myself. Uh, there's a couple of people working on some projects I think I can actually get involved in, even at a ground level. Um, so that'll be interesting to kind of work on. Yeah, d definitely. I mean, we, we touched on DEFCON last, uh, sorry, DEFCON Glasgow uh, last week, and I think we talked about it throughout the podcast, but certainly um, it is a local meetup, and we are Ouijicast, so uh, it's it's free to come along to, which is, which is kind of a big big factor for a lot of people mm -hmm. it's open to anyone who has a remote interest you don't need to be technical it does help but you don't need to be uh, to come along and learn about uh, well speak to like-minded individuals and further your progression into potentially what could be a career yeah there, there was a really nice mix of people that were there actually uh, and just to say it's the first tuesday of every month um yep. you can be able to find out online or ping us on twitter if you want to know more about it um uh, but uh, there was a really nice, interesting mix of people at that table. There was students that are studying cryptography. There were students that are studying web design. There was experienced web designers there, uh, back-end developers, um, and a couple of uh, other folks that have been in the industry for, it sounds like, about 20, 25 years who have done everything. <laughs> so they're obviously a wealth of knowledge. Um, so I'd suggest to anybody uh, that's maybe in the position like myself uh, to go along to those, find out if there's a chapter in your area, go down and have a good chat because you never know what you get out of it, you know, at the end of the day. Um, 
Another thing that also has kind of happened in my front um, is I managed to get a job uh, within um, the internet security industry, and that's uh, just been over the last few days. Uh, and it actually links in kind of nicely with DEFCON. Um, it was uh, Paul Ritchie did me a really big favour um, and got in contact with a couple of people within the industry to see if anyone was looking, and it happens that there was somebody, um, and it seems like a good opportunity for myself. But... Um, yeah, that, that's an opportunity that wouldn't have really came up unless I managed to get along to DEF CON and do some networking and talk to people that have been around in the industry for a while. So that's just another big side of it. I think it deserves a mention is uh, you never know if the person you're talking to at these kind of events is maybe going to be your friend or if they're going to be your employer. Like, oh, definitely. You know, or or your employee. You never know. It's, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, the thing is, though, the, the, the focus of DEF CON isn't to hire. It's not, a, it's not hiring uh it's not a hiring event, but it's certainly networking is a massive pot, kind of central point of this industry. It's a, a massive point of a lot of industries. But the more people you speak to and the more connections you make, the better you will be off later on. Because you mm. never know when you might need to speak to Jane Blogs or, or Joe Blogs who might have a key bit of information you need for a project or you might mm-hmm. need to hire them or you need to, or, or like yourself, Dave, you're looking for a job and you, you're looking to make that connection. So it's very beneficial from that perspective. But alas, it's it's not just DefCon. There are local meetups of other descriptions as well. DefCon just happens to be the one that uh, I'm involved with and I, I run, and also uh, quite passionate about because I've been to the, the the big the big cheese in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And you managed to bring some of that home with us, so I can we can all vicariously live it uh, through yourself. So, what um, say someone goes to DefCon for the first time? I might look at doing this myself next year. Uh, the travel out to Vegas, uh, what are your tips for getting the most out of it uh, and uh, staying alive? Because I understand it's quite a warm environment as well. Uh, yeah, war- warm's a good a, a good word for it. It's it certainly, I mean, for those who have never been to Vegas or never kind of heard of Vegas, Vegas is a plastic city in the middle of the desert. Think of Dubai, but kind of wrap America around it, and that's essentially what Vegas is. Uh, but survival tips for DEFCON, if you're if it is your first DEFCON and you are looking to kind of experience it, I'd say speak to people. Uh, if you're in the queues, uh, socialise people, try and try and make new friends, find mm-hmm. shared connections. Uh, if you want to see a talk, unfortunately, because there are so many people, you will you do need to be prepared to queue for them because uh, some some of them will kind of fill up as much as an hour before the talk even starts. So it's it, it's a lot of commitment if you want to see a talk. What I would personally recommend you do is go to the villages, go and go and check them out, even if it's something you've never remotely been interested in. For example, last year I went to the uh, anti-tamper village, which was looking at um, how to seal uh, things so that they can't be tampered with. So envelopes, um, it, uh, packets of crisps, really random things. But <laughs> It's it's the concept of breaking a tamper seal and resealing it, uh, or making a non a kind of tamper proof uh, entity. So it is it is quite interesting. There are that that's only a select um, two of the villages. There are lots that happen every year, and DefCon is expanding every year and bringing in new villages. So there is you're almost guaranteed to find something that you'll be interested in. So Yeah, that sounds good. And as well, you never maybe even know until you go along to one of those villages that there's an entire area that you have a massive interest in. Or maybe you've got some, for example, the DSLR, maybe uh, kind of hacking village. Um, 
perhaps you also are a photographer, right? And you also have an interest in hacking, and then suddenly you've got something that combines both of them together, and yeah, that, that, that certainly sounds like the kind of thing that I'd be looking to do. Yeah, the, the villages in particular, I think, sound fantastic as a way of uh, just maybe finding out new interests that you didn't know you had. Um, Definitely. So, I mean, also factored in, the, the other big side of DEFCON that a lot of people uh, don't really big up as much because people aren't always fans of them is the parties. There are lots of parties at DEFCON. There are parties for just about everything and mm. they happen all over. Um, at, at the same time, as, or not the same time, a couple of days before DEFCON, uh, the kind of corporate side of things happens uh, with a, a conference called Black Hat, which is... It's it, it is a hacking conference as well, but it's more geared towards uh, corporates and it's got sponsorship and it's got um, like vendor halls and that sort of stuff. But they have amazing parties. So, um, for example, this year, a company called Rapid Seven threw a party in uh, Omnia, which is a big nightclub in Vegas. Um, and I heard I'm not 100 percent sure if this number is correct or not, but I heard it cost them half a million dollars to to throw. Jeez. So yeah. It's, Rapid uh, Seven, uh, they're the guys that uh, develop. Am I right in saying they develop Metasploit? Is that correct? Yes, they do, uh, <laughs> or, or they have a hand in developing it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure what the full details of that are. So, yeah, certainly, obviously, good, respected within the industry. But yeah, that's an obscene, obscene amount of money. Uh, but um, was it good? Uh, of of the of the short time I was there, yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 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 downside of working party shift is you only get to dip in on the parties or you end up going to parties that are very late there was a lot of times where I was up all night uh, so I'd been working DEFCON from 8pm till 4am and then at a party afterwards which has its good sides and its bad sides the good sides being that you can watch the sun come up from for example the presidential suite which is <laughs> just dropping that in there just, just dropping that in there <laughs> which is remarkable something I, I thought I'd never be able to to do is uh, yeah it's really really interesting yeah, that's fascinating. And uh, yeah, cool. Uh, do you plan on going next year? Is this something that you hope to continue being a gun year on year? Yeah, definitely. This is my third year um, gunning, so I, I hope to continue as, as as long as well. There's a need for it, and as long as I can afford to keep going or uh, have like a holiday to take and, and do it, it's it's good fun. It's my annual annual leave, as it were, my annual holiday. Yep, even when you're uh, not working, you're working. But uh, yeah, it certainly sounds like a lot of good fun. I've done a couple of things like uh, working down for, I think it was CEX at the time at Comic-Con. So um, kind of similar vibe, I guess. Uh, You've got a lot of people with similar interests kind of in and around each other. Um, And uh, yeah, a mixture of people that maybe are introverted and extroverted by the sounds of it and it's good that they've all got a place to kind of go to together and yeah just enjoy this wonderful hobby which is breaking things and everything uh yeah so yeah yeah that's cool and um so i think we're pretty much discussed defcon is there anything else about that that you want to particularly bring up andy or will we will we call it a day on this particular podcast I'd say it probably encapsulates DEFCON. I mean, the, the other thing we didn't really mention is the, the employment opportunities from DEFCON. Mm-hmm. Certainly, we, we discussed it with uh, local meetups, but with uh, kind of big big DEFCON, as I call it a lot. Um, Daddy DEFCON. Dad, Daddy DEFCON, or Mummy DEFCON, depends, or, or non-binary DEFCON. Yeah. Um, parental DEFCON. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Um, yeah. Essentially, there are so many different companies there and so many different people. Uh, like I, 
you asked me initially if there was anybody I spoke to who was interesting. I did speak to a couple of FBI agents. Um, wasn't in trouble, don't worry, I'm not getting arrested. Uh, but they were talking about how they were out hiring for the FBI. Okay. And looking at exceptional individuals was their words. So that there are people hiring these things all the time and it's always worth speaking to people. So they, they had some interesting things to say. Uh, one of the guys was talking about how they were there uh, and they'd never seen biohacking before. So they were going to go along and just see what it was like. Um, so... Cool. Yeah, yeah, government biohacking coming to a hand near you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a scary, weird future that we're in for, isn't it? Like, it is. It is. Like, yeah. What happens if it's a tracker? And if it's in your hand, maybe it can be oh, tracked. Oh, let's not think of that. That's I mean, we've scary. got our phones already doing it, but that's not the point. I know. <laughs> Take your tinfoil hat off, Dave. I can't help it. It's firmly lodged <laughs> on there these days. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I think that's pretty much... Uh, we wanted to do an episode on DEFCON because it was somewhat topical. Uh, Andy's just back from there. And also because like you do see it in the news. Right? And as I say, a lot of the time you'll look in the news and it's like, oh, DEFCON's coming to Vegas. It's going to be absolutely terrifying. Like There's going to be a lot of scary people there. And really, at the end of the day it sounds like it's just a conference where people get to have some fun have a chat about stuff that they're really interested in and doing a nice safe fun environment with alcohol yeah. and energy juice so yeah um, pr- I'm into pretty it. much pretty much it's it's a it's a great opportunity um and i'd highly recommend it to anyone who gets the chance to go uh enjoy it a lot of people will well i mean with all these things you always get naysayers people who are maybe are not quite impressed with it but I have to say I've had a really good experience the last couple of times I've been there, so it's been good well, fun. That word is golden, and uh, certainly um, I think that's something I hope to get down to over the next few years. Um, in regards to local meetups, uh, just because uh, we are Ouija-cast, um, so first Tuesday of every month, um, please do come along. Um, the venue is, Andy? The Griffin Pub, which is uh, on Bath Street. Uh, it's next to the King's Theatre, I want to say. I'm really shit with geography. But I think it's the King's, the King's Theatre. But anyway, it's the first Tuesday every month, half seven, roughly. And uh, yeah. Sounds good. So, yeah. I'll be along there. And um, as I'm sure a bunch of the regulars will be as well. Um, I believe our next episode, we're going to look to have uh, Neil Lines on. Uh, Neil is a network engineer uh, come pen tester, um, working for Pentest Partners. And uh, yeah, I met him when I was at SteelCon. He's a really, really nice chap. He has a, a lot of interesting stuff to say. Um, and it's, I think I might have mentioned the last episode. I think it's a network, it's a path into pen testing, doing networking that is really not as scary by the sounds of it as you would maybe think. Um, so, really looking forward to getting him on. And uh, we're not sure when the next episode will be out, but as as I say, I now have a job. So, that takes up a bunch of my free time. Uh, and, Andy, you've got quite the couple of days ahead of you as well, don't you? Bit of I've travel. Got- Got a busy bit of travelling coming up. Coming up. So, first and foremost, driving to Thurzil tomorrow for a client site, uh, mm-hmm. which will be good fun. Uh, do do like driving, but Thurzil is a long way. So hopefully, hopefully, if we record this, we'll get it out when I'm on the road. Potentially, who knows? Yep. Well, I'll be working on that certainly. Um, well, thank you very much for listening, folks. Uh, this has been Ouijacast. Uh, you've been listening to Dave and Andy. Uh, we'll be back to you soon. But in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. And yeah, we'll see you soon. Go check us out on our platforms. Cheers, folks. Bye. Bye.